Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Get your news in less than three minutes, three times per day, with the Al Jazeera News Updates. Just ask your home device to play the news by Al Jazeera or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Today's episode of Shortcuts is brought to you by Tree Canada. Tree Canada is working towards its goal of planting 10,000 trees for National Tree Day this September 27th. Visit nationaltreeday.ca slash CanadaLand to enter their contest. They will plant a tree on your behalf for free and you will be entered for a chance to win a trip to Banff. That's nationaltreeday.ca slash CanadaLand. This episode is also brought to you by HelloFresh, the meal kit service dedicated to making cooking fun, easy, and convenient. Each week, HelloFresh creates new delicious recipes with step-by-step instructions designed to take about 30 minutes. For 50% off of your first box, visit hellofresh.ca slash CanadaLand and use the promo code CanadaLand. Again, hellofresh.ca slash CanadaLand, promo code CanadaLand. Well, hello there, Jen Gerson. Why, hello there, Majesty Brown. This is the day that you go back to work at the National Post, yes? Yay! Is there still a post for you to return to? We'll, we'll get to that. Greetings. Thank you for joining us from Calgary. Welcome back to Shortcuts. We're going to talk today about the ongoing revelations about Wab Canoe, who has just been elected the leader of the NDP party in Manitoba. And, uh, and yes, we are going to talk about this unionization drive, uh, this, uh, this uh, irony drive at the National Post. Your no comment. Company. Is that what it's going to be, just for the whole segment? We'll no find comment, out. No uh, comment, we'll no out. comment, no comment, nothing's <laughs> happening, go away. Is it in fact possible to draw blood from a stone? Nice to have you back. Thanks. This episode of Canada Land Shortcuts is brought to you by Jamie Arusi, who I haven't seen since grade five, Alexandra Alexi, Joe Hermer, Eric Dular, Kevin McClellan, Dallas Jokic and Lee Ayrton. Lee, why did you decide to be awesome? I support Candleland because I find that there's things that you talk about that are simply not being talked about anywhere else. And I find that the conversations you have with your guests are balanced in a way that is still implicated and still critical, but not closed off to different kinds of points of view. And I think we need 
many more models of that kind of conversation in Canada. And this episode of Shortcuts is brought to you by Tree Canada. Planting 10,000 trees this September 27th, which is National Tree Day. I didn't even know there was such a thing. September 27th, National Tree Day, 10,000 trees will be planted by Tree Canada. They are Canada's leading national tree planting charity. They are dedicated to improving the lives of Canadians by planting and nurturing trees. Since 1992, they have planted more than 80 million trees. They have greened more than 600 schoolyards. They have helped to restore places that have been hit by natural disasters. And they have brought together urban forestry experts to green cities all across Canada. To get involved, to learn more about them, or to enter their contest, go to nationaltreeday.ca slash CanadaLand and you enter your name and they will plant a tree on your behalf and you just might win a trip to Banff. That is the grand prize. It includes airfare, courtesy of Air Canada, ground transportation between Calgary and Banff, and a stay in the world-famous Fairmont Banff Springs Hotel. It's a hell of a hotel. This contest is proudly sponsored by Air Canada, Fairmont Banff Springs, and U-Haul, and again, it's at nationaltreeday.ca slash CanadaLand. All you got to do is put your name in. And finally, this episode is brought to you by Away Suitcases. I can throw away the script and just endorse this based on my own experience. They sent me one of these things. It is amazing. This, why do I love the suitcase so much? I love it because it is good for overpackers who just jam too much stuff in. You maximize the amount of space in your suitcase and you really, you can't break this thing. You can't break it zipper. It's made out of some weird premium German polycarbonate. That's what it says here. There's unrivaled in strength and impact resistance. So it's great for overpackers. Why I really love it is that it is, frankly, it, it saves me pain. Uh, I used to have the wrong height differential with uh, my roller suitcase, my carry-on suitcase. This one has all kinds of different places where it can stop and you don't have to just drag it behind you. You can kind of push it in front of you. It has like 360 degree spinning wheels. I used to always throw out my back when I would get on the plane and be unable to roll the suitcase. So I had to like, you know, awkwardly hold it in one hand. This thing, you just turn it the other way and it can go right down the aisle and your bag fits right on top of it when you're rolling it. Like it's just much easier to move around airports and spaces with the away suitcase. It's the best traveling suitcase I've, I've ever had. And it fits into without ever having to smash or jam things. It goes into any overhead compartment that I uh, have encountered. And it has a killer feature where it has a USB charger. Like you can charge your phone off of your suitcase case. So it's a really noticeable improvement over my last piece of luggage, which was a fancy, nice looking thing that somebody got me who I'm inadvertently offending. I realize now this is a better suitcase and you can try it out for free for a hundred days, travel with it, check it out. And if you want to ever send it back, you get a full refund. Shipping is free of this thing. It's got a lifetime warranty. It is sturdy as hell. I don't think you're going to need it, but it's got a lifetime warranty. You get 20 bucks off of an away suitcase when you go to awaytravel.com slash canadaland awaytravel.com slash canadaland promo code is canadaland when you check out and you'll get $20 off of the best suitcase that I have traveled with I will be attacked about my past I will be tied to the mistakes of the past government and I will face the politics of personal destruction, all as Pallister desperately tries to cling to power. But that's a dismal view of the world, one which denies that we can become better people, that says our future is always like our past and says we can't change. This is digging up things from the past. This is causing hurt for this family. 
And the only reason it's coming out now is because I decided to put my name on a ballot. And because that was my decision, I accept responsibility for the hurt that this is causing them. And, uh, and I do apologize. Jen. Yeah. Have you been following the Wab Canoe thing? I mean, it goes back some time. I remember when all this stuff came out when he first got into politics about his rap lyrics. Yep. I do remember that. I thought the controversy should have been around uh, the fact that he was a bit of a whack MC. Whack there MC? Great, there weren't great lyrics. He was not a great MC, but no. They, oh, they, a whack look. MC. Okay, got it. Sorry. I'm too white for you there. Uh, the, the lyrics were misogynistic and, and they were, uh, like, you know, not, not good lyrics. And the thing is I, I cut him some slack for that at the time. And I said, you know what, this idea, like people come to politics from different places. They should come to politics from different places, different backgrounds, people change. And he had apologized for these lyrics. And wasn't he like in his twenties when he wrote some, some of that stuff, like he was pretty, this was the, 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 the lyrics read, I think they read like quite uh, juvenile. They, they, the whole thing just kind of felt like a, like a juvenile rap star fantasy a little bit, right? It did. And it felt like his political opponents were trying to, you know, you know, make hay out of this stuff. And I, I, I just thought like, you know what, if you're like Pierre Trudeau's son, you get like stopped for like being high while driving or in a car and then your dad pulls some strings and that's your youthful indiscretion. And if you're Wab Canoe, maybe from his community or just his experience, you've got some shitty uh, offensive rap lyrics in your background. Like, come on. And don't we want more people with indigenous backgrounds from all kinds of different places uh, getting into, into politics? I felt it was much do about nothing, but I was not really aware of another conversation about Wab Canoe that was that was going on in Indigenous circles between largely Indigenous women, but not exclusively. It's something he wrote about in his book that he drank and got into altercations and there have been charges. And it seemed like he was sort of going the typical route of owning this stuff, apologizing and talking about his journey. And just before he won the race to be the leader of uh, Manitoba's NDP, an accuser came forward, an ex-girlfriend of his who says that he assaulted her. Wait, I'm not sure that's, that, that's not accurate. That's not accurate? Her accuser didn't come forward. What happened was someone dug up the court documents, and we suspect that we know who dug up the court documents, but someone, for politically motivated purposes, dug up the court documents and anonymously emailed them to a bunch of Winnipeg media outlets. The accuser in this case, whose name is uh, Tara Hart, I believe. Yes, Tara Hart? Yes, Tara, Tara Hart. Hart. She, she got dragged into this. So this was not Tara Hart sort of two days before uh, Wab Canoe was, was, was elected leader, her coming forward in some sort of vengeance streak. That, that narrative doesn't hold. This was Tara Hart being dragged into this mess. I was not aware of that. That, that actually feels like a very different circumstance. And I, I am aware of her Facebook comments subsequently, and she became the target of a lot of Derision and hostile abuse from, you know, people who within the NDP, people in indigenous communities who thought that this was, you know, sort of messaging from the enemy and uh, decrying oh, her. Oh, well, let, let, let's break that down a little bit more then, because uh, the, the circumstances in the context of this, as far as I understand it, are very, very interesting. And I think shed a whole different light on this case, because according to the Winnipeg Free Press, or as it's been reported, now I, to the degree to which this is accurate, the, the phrasing of, of this is, is suspect, but what has been reported so far is that it wasn't even the PCs who dragged out these court documents. It was, the NDP, it was somebody within the NDP itself. So what people should generally be aware of is, is what happens in politics is that when you run for a leadership position or you run for MP, both your opponents and the people on your side run something called oppo research. So they will dig up absolutely everything they possibly can about you 
in order to discredit you or run a hit on you. But also you have people within the context of a leadership race. I mean, people will do oppo research on people in their own parties whom they are running against. So that is that is dead normal. Everybody does that now. Sure. Um, what appears to have happened in this case, according to the best information that I have right now, and this, if I'm wrong, please please point it out, is that somebody clearly did oppo research within the NDP, found these court documents, which were public documents. There was no secret about them. They weren't like it wasn't hidden information. It was they were they were public documents, and they anonymously emailed them to a bunch of media outlets. At some point, Wab Kinu appears to have given a call to Tara Hart saying, just so you know, this is going to come up. The media is going to try and contact you. Best of luck, buddy. And then all of a sudden, Tara Hart gets interviewed by, I think, APTN and a couple of other people did interviews with her as well, in which case she's like, yes, this happened. This is what occurred. The charges against Rob Kinney were subsequently, I believe, stayed. And I think that that is a distinction that has to be made as well. And the whole thing kind of eventually just dropped and, you know, the prosecutors didn't pursue it. But the, the, the idea that, that Tara Hart is, is some kind of, you know, vindictive person going after an indigenous leader, I think is horrifically unfair to her. And I think what's happened to her is that she's been victimized twice because you have Wab Kinu coming up and saying, well, this never happened. She's lying, essentially. So now she's being attacked on twice because A, she didn't bring this up. She didn't bring this upon herself. She got dragged into it. So she's being victimized twice. I'm mean, allegedly here. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to convict Wab Kinu. I don't know what happened or didn't happen. He hasn't been convicted of any crime. That needs to be clear. But her own community, people within her own community and people outside of the community are not believing her and calling her a liar and calling her, you know, vindictive and whatever else. So she's had to go into hiding when, according to her, is just telling the truth about what happened to her. So, uh, you know, I think this is the, the, the real victim in all of this is Miss Hart. And, and, and my sympathies enormously go out to her. Wow, I'm really glad to be talking with you about this because I read, I certainly didn't think she was vindictive, uh, but I did think that this was her choice. And I read stories like this piece in the Winnipeg Free Press, Family of Canoes Accuser Wants Their Story Heard, which suggested to me that this was the will of, but, but you're right, that, that doesn't say that she wanted this. And I do know that she subsequently posted to Facebook comments like, I never, I I never want wanted any this. Of this. I didn't want any of this. I thought that was her response this after the fact. Away. That's what she's been writing. Now, even the family I, and the comments that the families make has to be taken in context because the family came out said, uh, saying, I want this, her story to heard, I want the truth to come out. They're saying this after Ms. Hart's been accused of lying. So yeah. I think that that context has to be taken into consideration as well. This is so ugly. Yes. And, uh, it's, 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 uh, I mean, I'm realizing that to the extent that there were purposeful manipulations and that I was manipulated in, in, in my understanding of this, uh, and this kind of narrative of a person coming forward and, and, and the bravery of someone and, you know, I guess hijacking a certain kind of narrative about what's now becoming a familiar kind of media routine of somebody be, being challenged uh, off on their pedestal by an accuser for something they did in their past, that that now has this political resonance and can be used to target an opponent and you kind of just drag someone against their will. It's a non-consensual, you know, use of, of her past experience and, and allegedly of her abuse for this political purpose. Well, That's just awful. Well, Ms. Hart did, did, did choose to, she, she did choose to go out and give interviews to the, to the media. I'm presuming she did that when asked, which is what us in the media want 
people to do, right? I mean, we, we want, when we go and confront someone like Ms. Hart and say, you know, there are these allegations, um, we want to know the truth, could you let us in? We, we want those people to tell us the truth and to tell us what happened and what's gone on so that, you know, the public can make informed decisions about people. So, so the fact that she now feels like she has to be in hiding as a result of doing what media asked her to do, you know, that, that's, that's horrific to me. And it's, it's very, very sad. And that should not be the case. So look, if you're, regardless of whether or not you think that there's two sides to the story here, or who's telling the truth, or who's not telling the truth, don't be the shitty person who's, who's being an asshole to, to his heart. That's, that's not cool. Yeah, you bring up another good point there. You know, journalists are always telling sources, come forward, talk to me. It's better to talk this. It's better to go public with this. And we're always like, you know, we're not totally, we, we can't know that. We can't know that it'll work out for this person to talk to us. Sometimes it will. Sometimes it's the best thing. It's obviously the best thing for us, the people who want the story. It really makes difficult these conversations when you're trying to get people to confide in you, well, not confide, but you're trying to get people to trust you with their story, to tell their story publicly. And, uh, you know, you have to be aware that you might be inviting them to fuck up their lives, to make themselves targets for an incredible amount of scorn and, this this way, you know, like taking these documents and and circulating them to the media, leaving her out of that process, it does nothing to help people come forward, does it? No, but and but that wasn't the purpose of circulating the documents. Now, on the other side of this, like there's a fair conversation to be had about whether um, these allegations uh, should have impacted the leadership vote at all, or whether or not they're they're relevant to Abkinu's. Uh, moral ability to lead the party today. I mean, I think that there's a fair conversation to be had about that. It's very, very possible that, you know, Webkinu was in a very bad place in his life 14 years ago and subsequently turned his life around and, and is now in a, in a better place today. The problem here that Wab is in politically is that he, he's denied that these claims are true, which means that if you believe Wab, you have to believe that Tara Hart is lying and vice yeah. versa. There's no, there's no compatibility between their two accounts. And that means that you know you're in a, you're in a tough spot, you know. If Wab had come out initially and said, "Yes, these allegations are true. I was in a terrible place in my life. I turned things around and I apologized to Miss Hart," um, you know, the charges were stayed and subsequently dropped. You know, you know, we all moved on with our lives, and and I wish everybody well. You know, th- th- these allegations wouldn't really have much sticking power. Like, the, the, it would be a story, and it would be over in a day, and and people would move on. But because Wab has come out and flat out denied them. It now puts the whole situation under a cloud that's not easy to lift because if Webb were to come out today and say, you know what, uh, yeah, I did do this, but and it was wrong, and I was really messed up at the time, blah 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 blah, he would then be admitting that he just lied. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. So, so he's now in a catch twenty two scenario, whether he 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 committed the allegations or whether he didn't, he's in a catch twenty two scenario, and you know, there's no there's no easy way out for anybody here now. No, it's the whole truth and reconciliation thing. It's it's not that you know this is like a you know and and not not to minimize or maximize uh, just to say what the charge is. It's a domestic assault charge. The allegation is that he uh, he threw Tara Hart across the room uh, and and uh, she has suffered some injuries when she landed. Uh, so there was a domestic assault allegation. So yeah, she, according to her allegations and to the police report, she she was thrown across the room so hard that there were rug burns on her arms and her knees after she landed, and that she was picked subsequently picked up by her grandmother carrying nothing but a you know laundry basket full of clothes and she was in such pain at that point that she couldn't easily bend her legs that's the allegation and um you can't know i i, I see no reason for her to have, uh, be lying about this so my my own personal opinion is like yeah I, I tend to believe that that happened and i also don't believe that that's something that wab canoe could not recover from 
if he was just open and was not calling her a, a liar and, you know, uh, owned it in the same way that he did these other allegations. I can totally understand either scenario though, like he's leading in the polls, he's about to crush his opponents. The last thing he needs to do is is make a, a, a big admission and, and turn the conversation to uh, his guilt in this, if in fact they were accurate allegations. So he had every reason to call her a liar before the election. And now that it's done and he wants to put it behind him, he's in a bind, as you say. The only thing is, what if what if he didn't do it? The, you know, then he's in a bind as well. Totally. And we don't know. Yep. That, yep. That's sort of an unwinnable bind. And the only thing is, is just that like reason tells us that there's got to be something to this, but you know, these well, are the unproven other, the allegations. Other, the other scenario might be that he just legitimately doesn't remember it. I mean, I think he said something to the effect of, you know, there, there were a lot of court cases going on in his life at that point in his life. Um, it sounds like that was a dark time for him. And, and, you know, it's possible that he just doesn't have a super clear memory of what happened. I mean, that, that could legitimately be the case. So I, you know, who knows what where the truth is, but I tend to agree with you in the sense that that Miss Hart has nothing to gain by lying. Um, she she didn't ask to be a public figure. I don't think she asked to get brought into any of this, and her account is too specific and and too random to be. Uh, to me, it has the ring of truth to it. That's just my opinion. But you know, I don't know what Web Canoe did or didn't do, and of course, he hasn't been convicted of anything. So these are all allegations at this point. I think you're absolutely right that that the clear and obvious victim here is Tara Hart. But there, there's like this is awful for everyone, and it's awful for Indigenous people. Like it just feels like how difficult it is to have a leader, to have any kind of role model. Uh, you know, you look at the Hunter Tutu thing, and you know, you're talking about communities in which. Things like domestic abuse and alcoholism, like those are across the board in any community. Those are tied to things like poverty always. It just sucks. That's all. I would agree. It does suck. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp, therapy online that has served over 3 million people around the world. And BetterHelp is available here in Canada. A lot of people have various blocks or reasons why they don't just reach out for that help. And one thing you'll hear people say is they just don't have the time. I would like to mount a different uh, argument here, which is that if you are talking to a mental health professional, if you're if you're chatting with somebody about your life and about your priorities, you can clear away a lot of the clutter. You can actually find yourself with more time because you have a better sense of what's important to you. Like it's an investment that can pay off even in that practical way of of organizing your life a bit better. These are some of the advantages in, in the long run of having something like BetterHelp in your life. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. And because you listen to the show, you get 10% off of your first month at betterhelp.com slash CanadaLand. Once again, it's betterhelp.com slash Canada Land. This episode is brought to you by AG1. Listen, taking care of your health is not always easy, but it should at least be simple. That is why for months now, I start every day by drinking AG1. I take a scoop of this green powder, I mix it in a canister with water, shake it up, and I drink it. I get hydrated and I get energized and focused and ready to take on the day knowing that I have vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics and a lot more. These are things that science tells us we need. They are also things that I don't necessarily get every day outside of my AG1. Listen, if there's one product that I'm going to recommend that will help you elevate your health, it's AG1. And that is why I have been partnered up with them for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try it now and you'll get a free welcome kit that includes a shaker bottle, canister, a metal scoop, 
along with five free travel packs. You'll get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 along with your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com slash CanadaLand. That is drinkag1.com slash CanadaLand. Check it out. Jen, let's talk about our second sponsor, HelloFresh. Jen, you, you, you're you you know cooking for your family. You ever used one of these uh, services? I have indeed used one of these services. It is very convenient. It really does change the ritual of, of cooking and removes a lot of the chore from it. I have found. I don't know if you agree. I, I do, actually. I've, I've found these two things to be a lifesaver, particularly with the new baby. Yeah, you know, it, it, it uh, ha- takes like these four chores of like meal planning and chopping and then, you know, loading and the unloading and the lineups and then the cooking and then the throwing away of the waste product. And it just makes it one job, which is just cooking this recipe in easy steps, takes under 30 minutes. It's fun. It's easy. It's convenient. And they give you just the amount of stuff you need. So there's no waste. And I like that they mix it up. Uh, you know, they're both going for recipes that are just like yummy to everybody. But when we cook at home, I think we tend to have like five dishes that we rotate between. HelloFresh kind of gets you out of that rut. Uh, they source the freshest ingredients measured to the exact quantity needed. So there is no food waste, all delivered to your doorstep in a special insulated box for free. For 50% off of your first box. Like just why not? If you think this sounds interesting, try a box. You get half off your first box when you go to hellofresh.ca slash CanadaLand and enter the promo code CanadaLand when you subscribe. Let's duly note. Desmond Cole is sort of um, advocating for a woman named Beverly Brom, who uh, looks like the government is trying to deport her and her two-month-old son back to Jamaica. And even though the government is set to process her sponsorship application next month, border agents are trying to once again to break up her family by sending her and her two-month-old baby back to to Jamaica, even though she's got a clot in her lung. So, um, you know, to me, this is this is really old school, almost Toronto Star-esque, ironically, journalism fighting for the afflicted and, and trying to get people's second hearing and a second shot. And I think it's, I think it's cool that he is doing that. So good job, Desmond. That's my opinion. Duly noted. I would like to duly note that the aforementioned Air Canada, not a sponsor of today's episode, but a sponsor of a sponsor of today's episode, has asked for Canada Land's help. Uh, they tagged Canada Land in a tweet protesting CBC bias, protesting CBC bias against Air Canada. Wow, asking Canadians to choose uh, who they loathe more, the CBC or Air Canada, is a tricky one. What this was all about, this kerfuffle, was uh, was my old pal and mentor, Michael Enright. Michael Enright's Sunday edition evidently was looking into why Air Canada boards in this Zone 1, Zone 2, etc. format when there is significant research suggesting that, that is the least efficient way to board an airplane. And in researching this story... They went to Air Canada, we're, we're, we're going to be running something, they said. Do you have anything to say? Why do you board in this very inefficient way? And they responded with a very lengthy response. Uh, they didn't really explain why they board the way that they do. They just simply said that, you know, we've got a lot of considerations here between people not all speaking the same language. So we have to use numbers. We have different types of airplanes. we got to deal with uh, people with disabilities. None of which, okay, that's all well and good, but if you board... The window seats all first, then the middle seats all first, and then the aisle seats last. Then the plane gets boarded a lot quicker and you haven't really said why you don't do that. But that's not the way that that Michael Enright phrased his response. He responded and he was trying to respond to his staff 
to this Air Canada PR flack response. And he said, uh, well, let's let's just cut all that bullshit and, and say that they had nothing to say about why they board in this inefficient way. Unfortunately, Michael Enright doesn't know uh, how email works and he hit reply all and it got back to Air Canada. Oh, and old Air- people. I know. <laughs> and, uh, and so Air Canada saw this as evidence of CBC bias. Is it bias? Is it just that we don't necessarily have to print everything that a PR flack says to us when they're trying to spin us? I don't know, but I will ask Michael Enright because he will be on the next Canada Land, episode 200 of Canada Land on Monday. I will do what I should have done 10 years ago and I will teach Michael Enright how to use email and we will discuss this and other things. Very kind of you. I mean, I would the only thing that I would point out in all of this is that this is the first time I've really seen a corporate entity adopt the the tactics of our political class in aggressively fighting or targeting the media. Like you'll notice that some of the language that Air Canada has used there is sort of reminiscent of the Harper conservatives or, or the Trumpians used in their, in their approach to discrediting, not just saying you're wrong and we're right, or or you're not giving us a fair shot, but like actually discrediting the media outlet as a whole. So the first time I, I think that's the first time I've personally seen a Canadian corporate entity take that type of approach and with the help of social media. So I think that that is a, an interesting trend to note if it see if other other corporations, firstly, to see if it backfires on them. And secondly, to see if other organizations are to follow suit. It was super aggressive and I've never seen anything like it. Air Canada taking to social media, calling Michael Enright CBC, like this is CBC. I don't know. I mean, without taking a side on it, I think it's just factual to say that like that hasn't happened before. No, not, not in the corporate realm. I've certainly seen it happen in politics. I've not seen that work in the, on, on the corporate side. Duly noted. Jen, there's some trouble in the workplace, your workplace. No comment. Is that what it's going to be? Uh, no, I mean, look, uh, obviously I'm in a really tough spot because, uh, I work for the uh, National after, Post. After, after today, I'm so happy to have you in a tough spot. Let's proceed. Uh, yes. yeah, thanks. I love the National Post a lot. So the unionization drive that seems to be occurring right now, I think just some context for me personally, it appears to be that there is a drive, a unionization drive that is happening under Ontario labor law. And as a result, uh, nobody in Alberta knows a goddamn thing about it. Mm-hmm heard about it like a couple of days before it went public. And I think everybody else in Alberta heard about it, like literally on the day it went public. So, you know, this is not something that nobody's approached anybody in Alberta about this. I don't know anything about it. No one in Alberta is organizing anything and we're not really a part of this, this deal. So, you know, I I don't know how much use I can be to you in this particular case. Jen, you are an intelligent reporter who makes it your business to know what things are happening, uh, uh, especially when it pertains to you and uh, and your world. I, I'm sure you have thoughts and information. Uh, you know, uh, I, it was interesting to me to note that along with this unionization drive, there were another round of buyouts. Our own Commons co-host Ashley Chinati took a buyout. She's no longer with the National Post. As, along with Drew Hasselbeck and uh, Peter Kutenbrauer, you're losing some good people there. I guess the big question that I had is like, Beyond just the ha-ha, they're all libertarian conservatives and here they are, you know, running to a union for help. That's very petty and small. I don't take any joy in that sort of thing. I'm just wondering, like, what are you guys going to go on strike now? Like, that sounds... I don't know. Nobody's talked to me about anything. I I literally have no... I have no fucking clue. I have no idea. 
from what I can tell, everybody in Toronto who's involved in that effort has played things very close to the chest, which is by necessity, I guess. But I, I, I'm not a part of those conversations. I'm just literally not. Here's what I heard. I heard that all plans post-media have to do with the dissolution of post-media and that when a final liquidation of sorts takes place, a unionized workforce is standing in a much better position for compensation than a, a ragtag, severable, uh, divided group of employees. That is the claim that is explicitly being made as part of this union drive, and that's on their website, yes. They, they enticed uh, editorial employees of the, of, of the National Post to vote for unionization on that basis. Uh, that well, they, they've they've laid that out very explicitly. Yes, that, that literally you can look go look punch up National Post Union, and that's that's right there. So you know nothing about this, but you are now going to be a member of the union. No, I'm not. Even if they voted to certify, I wouldn't legally be able to be part of their union because I'm an Alberta employee. Oh, I see. I, yes. I, I knew I know that you're Alberta based, but I thought that everybody is okay. okay. Yeah, no, that's that's my understanding of the situation. So, like, their union drive does not affect my employment or my joining or not. Like, I couldn't sign a union card even if I wanted to. Any any kind of further observations about what's going on? I think it's very sad. I think it's very yeah. sad. I totally understand. I have no judgment. The National Post has always been a fantastic place to work for most people, not all people. Of course, some people have had issues there. But, you know, I think that people have long accepted at the National Post that there was a trade-off. And the trade-off was that we accepted lower wages in exchange for having a very free-form, very happy place to work. I mean, because there was no union and because we pay less, uh, management has always, I mean, I'm going to talk about the newsroom management here. They've always known that they had to kind of be good to us and they had to be decent to us because that was the way to keep us around. Whereas, you know, I've worked in unionized newsrooms that shall remain nameless that were toxic and dysfunctional. Unions couldn't fix that. And I've worked in unionized newsrooms that had pervasive and endemic morale problems and the union couldn't fix that. So the post was, was a departure from that traditional mold. And I think that the fact that, you know, a bunch of libertarian, evil, right-wing conservative employees are, are actually seriously considering this tells you a lot about the level of anger and desperation because I think a lot of the people there, I mean, they describe this in their own public commentary as, as a hell freezes over moment, right? I think that that indicates to me a pretty desperate last-ditch effort. Yeah. Thanks, Jen. No worries. That was your candlelight shortcuts. Good to have you back. I forgot that I have to study a lot harder when you're on the show. Uh, <laughs> we'll do so next time. People, you can email me uh, at jesse at canadalandshow.com. Tell me everything you think about how I did today. I'll read it all and respond when I can. We are on Twitter at CanadaLand. Jen, where can people find you? Hiding and crying in the corner of my son's daycare probably tomorrow. But <laughs> No, I'm on Twitter at Jen Gerson. Just Jen Gerson, G-E-R-S-O-N. Hit like on our Facebook page. You'll get our news stories in your news feed. Our website is canadalandshow.com. Our Patreon page is patreon.com slash CanadaLand. This episode is produced by Russell Gregg. Buy tickets to our upcoming Hot Docs live podcast taping where I will be sitting down with Daniel Dale and talking about covering Rob Ford, Donald Trump, and trying to just reassert that the truth matters to a world that is largely indifferent to that case. 
Syndication of this program is handled by CFUV 101.9 FM in Victoria. Visit them online at cfuv.ca. If you like what we do, please support us on Patreon. Get it together, Jesse. I've been up since six taking care of an infant.